Um, I'm going to speak very briefly because uh, I knew different things were happening in the Advent. Has it not been a beautiful service? I'm moved by the presence of God, and I'm so thankful for the presence of God. But I want to talk to you a bit about peace because I want to have our ministry teams pray and see people just released today because some have been in some deep despair. How many of you look at people like this and what they go through and hear these stories, you're like, okay, my despair is not very big, <laughs> right? We're, we're reminded of what's really going on in the rest of the world. We have what they call first world problems at times, and we get a little bit spoiled. And as Christians, how many of you believe we're meant to live with peace? How many have struggled with peace in their own life? Put your hand up. Every hand should be up. Because as Christians, we don't just get peace because we have salvation in Jesus. There's more to it. Well, Jesus said, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. And we read that verse, we say, I should have peace. And we don't have it. We ask ourselves, why? I love uh, one of our elder guys in the church, uh, Dwayne, always says to me, going through a difficult time, he goes, next. I actually told him this week, I said, we should write a book called Next. But you get through that season of your life where you have gone through literally destruction, despair, confusion, pain. And we've got to learn to say next sometimes in our life. Next. <laughs> and go on. Because you're going to go through pain in your relationships. You're going to go through pain in job. You're going to go through pain in this world. But as Christians, we've got to be able to say next and walk in confidence into the next season, to the next thing that God has for us. Everyone say next. So I gave you, I wrote down a little definition of stress. Stress is what happens when the demands on our time and energy exceed our perceived capacity. So as Christians, we have a perceived capacity that we carry to handle and deal with stressful situations in our life. You say, well, I have Jesus. I should have peace. It doesn't just work by osmosis. There's things that, as Christians, we need to walk into and walk as a part of our life. You see, when we don't have or don't think we have the resources we need to meet these expectations, that's when the despair sets in. I don't know where to go. There are resources for you. God didn't leave you alone. He didn't just say, put on that helmet of salvation. Okay, now I'm saved. Woo, peace. Your kid goes out and he gets drunk and you're like, okay, this doesn't feel peaceful, God. They come home a little late and they forget to call you. Like, I, I had a pretty open relationship with my parents where they said, okay, if you're just going to be past midnight, we want to know where you're at, what you're doing. Just give me a call. No curfew. So I was like, woo. That's pretty good open relationship. But if I didn't call, my mom wasn't so peaceful when I got home. She goes, you need to honor me. There's things that you need to do in our relationship to keep peace in this home. How many moms wouldn't like if your son didn't call you? He's out till two in the morning. 
I remember one time I was in Bible college and I was sick and I passed out on the phone and didn't call my mom back for a week and a half. <laughs> mom was not happy the next time I called because I didn't honor her. Well, in our relationship with God, we've got to learn to honor God with what he's given us and walk in all that he has given us to overcome the despair and destruction in our lives. And you can overcome. Jesus did come to give us peace. You believe it? But we have so much more. And peace is not found in the absence of difficult situations. Peace is found in the person and the Godhead of Jesus Christ. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. You see, the the devil doesn't, we all know he's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? But he doesn't do it as like outright destruction. He just wants you to struggle with some anxiety. He wants you to struggle with depression. He wants you to struggle in despair. Where am I going to go? Oh, Lord, do you see what's happening in the world? Let me tell you, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, but God's bigger than all those things going on in the world. Next. Say it. Most Christians in North America tend to live in a place of survival rather than a place of peace. We're just trying to survive. Well, these people that Dave talked about from Turkana, it's not just survival. Once they find peace, they're going to say, I want to live in that peace. I'm not giving my body, that young girl says to that 65-year-old man. I'm going to walk with what God wants me to do. Do you think she goes through some pain because she wouldn't give her body to that 65-year-old man? When Kimberly Tulian was here, she talked about um, the pain she went through in Africa. We have it too good sometimes in North America. I lived in the hills of the people um, of Swaziland for a summer. We were building orphanages. It wasn't easy. The diet, the food, the middle of nowhere, literally stick in mud huts. When I was there, the average person died at 32 years old because of AIDS. And so you're left with all these children without parents. So we got to build orphanages. And a lot of those children, they hope to get into a good orphanage where they're not going to be sexually abused. And in Swaziland, where I was, the king believed in polygamy. So he would have what they called reed dances. And the kids, young girls, 10, 11, 12 years old, would come and dance naked before the king, and he'd just take on another wife. I think when I left at that time, he had 13, but he has 20, 30-some wives now. Young 12, 13-year-old girls. Imagine as a 12-year-old girl being selected. But some of them are so warped in their thinking, they don't know Jesus, they like it because it's their way out of the villages. And they don't know anything more. They don't know peace. And that's why we've got to bring peace to this world. We've got to see Jesus impact people's lives in this world. That's why we need missionaries. That's why we need some of you to go love on some kids in Turkana. Your biggest ministry in Turkana could just be like he was saying, going to play with some children. Letting them know that you love them. And at Haven, we want to be a mission-minded church. We want to be a church 
that realizes the opportunity we have to bring peace to a dying world and a hopeless world. That's why we do groceries yesterday, 6,174 pounds of groceries, because we want families to have peace at Christmas. That's why we're going to adopt a few families this Christmas. And maybe throughout the year, too, we'll give. I'm praying there's going to be such an abundance of money and cash in this church, an overabundance that we're going to be able to bless any family that comes to us in need. Could you imagine? Yep, we can help. Next family. Next. Next family. Come on in. We got so much. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So anxiety, depression, despair, these things bring distractions in our lives. And Jesus said, well, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 14. I'm going to skip a few things here. We know that the scripture says in Isaiah, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts on you. I love that when you said about that lady in Turkana, she never forgot that peace of Jesus. She just kept that. And that's what kept her going. So Jesus provides the way and the future for you. Let's just quickly look at this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is verse one. Verse two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, isn't that exciting news? You know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That life of peace. So what we're doing, we're looking at the context of what he said. My peace I give, give you, my peace I leave with you. What is the context? Because we just look at the one scripture and say, well, I should have peace because I have Jesus. Well, it just begins with Jesus, we're going to say. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Your beginning journey of peace is through Jesus and Jesus alone. If you have not accepted Jesus, you will not know true peace. If you don't know Jesus today, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that you could know peace. That you could know Jesus. I remember, I know Calvin's here somewhere. When Calvin first came, he, he was a Jew. He said, okay, I love God. I love Holy Spirit, what he's doing. But Jesus, I don't need. And then God brought revelation to him. And as soon as he accepted Jesus, new things started to happen. You are. You're a messianic Jew now. So good. And God loves the Jews. Let me just tell you that. chosen generation i love it so it starts with jesus you want a peace start with jesus number two jesus reveals to you the heart of the father let's look at these verses starting at verse seven if you had known me you would have known my father also this is he's answering the question of the disciples and from now on you know him and have seen him Philip said to him, so first Thomas, now Philip, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Because they were, they were looking to see who was coming to save us, and they, they expected a different type of Messiah to come. 
But he said, show us the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in, I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. This is where we start to see the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ. It begins with Jesus, but Jesus said, I just came to reveal the will of the Father. He and the Father are one. He and the Father are one. Show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Jesus and the Father are one. He came to reveal all that God has for you. Know the words that Jesus has spoken. Read your Bible. Read the words of Jesus. Learn to understand what Jesus is trying to reveal to you about Father God. You know, most Christians never read their Bible. I would venture to say it's up in the 90% of Christians hardly read their Bible. That's sad. Because our Christianity, especially in North America, where we don't have much need, we don't have that need for peace a lot of times because our lives are a little too easy at times. We rely on our ability to overcome situations, our ability to make a little bit more money, our ability to do something different or just leave that relation on to the next person. I only want you to go next if God's in it. So Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. Number three, you want peace? You got to walk with new authority. You walk with new authority on earth. Verses 12 to 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Some of your authority that you're going to be given, now I don't know if you walk in authority or not, I'm not here to judge that, but Jesus is saying, I'm giving you authority that was given to him from the Father, and greater things are you going to do. Some of the things you're facing is you're going to deal with because you're going to walk with the authority God gave you. And that's what we're going to do here in prayer in a little bit. I'm going to have some ladies and some men lay hands on you with the authority given to them by God to break things and bring freedom in your lives. When I asked earlier how many struggle with a bit of despair or a lack of peace or difficulty in your life, many of us said, yeah, yeah, that's me. Well, we want to see things broken for you. There is authority that you can learn to walk with and it won't be that you have to have the elders lay hands all the time. You're going to be able to pray and take authority in your own life too. God wants you to learn how to take authority. I pray that as Haven grows and more people come, we're going to, we're going to need more people to lay hands on people and pray. That the prayer team grows too. The ministry team grows too. I already talked to probably 12, 14 people, and they're like, yep, I'll lay hands on people. I'll pray. 
people that we trust. Now, you don't go laying hands on people if you don't know the Father and you don't know your authority, right? We don't want to do things out of the Father's heart or, or will. It's not just a mystical thing. Oh, I'm a Christian, I'll just lay hands. No, you got to know your authority and know what you're walking in. It's important. That's why we guard who can pray for each person. You are to walk with power. Well, you'd have a lot more peace if you learned to walk in that power. You have the ability to overcome the things that you're facing if you learn to walk in that power. If we have more Christians walking with authority, we'll have more peace on earth. Because there's more Christians acting like Jesus. There's more Christians walking with the heart of the Father. Next point. You say, well, how do I Jesus? Well, Jesus promised to help her. <laughs> right? You notice how it's going down. We got the Father, we got the Son doing the will of the Father, and then we've got us. And then he speaks to us in our situation, and he says, okay, people, if you love me, keep my commandments, know my word, know my commands, know my voice. Because he speaks to you in a living word, too, a rhema word, and you've got to learn to follow what God is saying in your word and in the prophetic word that matches his word. Okay? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That relationship that begins with Jesus, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, it's the beginning thing. But Jesus says, I'm going to leave you another helper. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Holy Spirit comes to reside and live in you. And then there's a subsequent filling where the Holy Spirit came upon them like in Acts and empowered them. That's where this authority comes in. That's where this anointing comes in. So Holy Spirit anoints you to be able to walk in peace and be able to help others walk in peace. So when Jesus said, you know, he's the way, the truth, and the life, he's come to give you peace, he's giving you much more than just peace. He's giving you a whole life to live out peace and to live out peace for others. It just begins with Jesus. He's your helper, Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. He's your guide. In the midst of your chaos, he brings direction. Sometimes we have confusion and chaos in our life because we don't listen to Holy Spirit. So we've got to break off things that are bringing destruction, chaos, pain, so that you can hear Holy Spirit properly. So that when you read his word, who teaches you in his word? Holy Spirit. You can have new revelation. And the blockages don't stop you from hearing what God has for you that day. Sometimes you come to church and you could, I could have one person say, Pastor, that went right over my head. Because they're just not in tune with what Holy Spirit's saying. And then other person will say, Pastor, that was like one of the best messages you ever preached. One person doesn't even know what's going on. One person hears the best message they've ever heard. 
So a lot of times the message that your pastor brings forth or, or you're reading a, a study or a devotional or a Bible study has nothing to do with the pastor, the study, or the devotional. It has to do with your heart and whether you're in tune with what God's doing. What is Holy Spirit saying to you? We're to pray in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Why? When we walk and pray in the Spirit, we are in tune to Jesus and the heart of the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Holy Spirit came as your helper and your guide and your teacher. Thank God for Holy Spirit in our lives. But, but you can't have one without the other. You can't have Holy Spirit without first having Jesus. And all three of that Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always were. They didn't just magically appear on the scene. Holy Spirit covered the earth in the Old Testament. Covered the waters. He was there ministering. Jesus, in the beginning, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. So don't think Jesus just came born of a Virgin Mary. That's the first we ever saw of the Godhead. They always were. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So next, the love of the Lord, he's saying, is paramount. So you can't just have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Helper without having love. You ever seen a lot of those churches that, um, oh, we're going to move in the Holy Spirit, and they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and there's so much power, and people, people are getting healed, but they have no love? It can't work, Corinthians says. If you don't have love, it's like a clanging cymbal, a bunch of noise. So verse 19 says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will also live. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. It goes on to talk about Judas and not, not Iscariot. Um, how, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us, he says. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. Your love relationship with the father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, is paramount for your life. The church in Ephesus in the end times, what did he say? He said, I love that all this about you, you did this, you do that, and if, but I have this against you. You've lost your first love. And much of the church in North America have lost their first love. We love the spectacular. We love to sing and have good worship and do these things, but we won't love each other. We won't love the Lord the way we should. Let your worship come out of love. Let your life come out of love. Let your prayer life come out of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Greatest commandment, isn't it? Love. When we love Jesus, we keep his word. You see how it all works together? God the Father, God the Son, God Holy Spirit, and our love relationship with him. Very last point. The results of following, loving, and believing in Jesus is where we get to peace. 
So it's not just a scripture in the middle of nowhere about peace. Those are on our ministry and prayer teams. I want you to begin to just pray right now. God's going to start to give you revelation for people. You're going to start to break things off if people need prayer. There's going to be great healing that's going to happen over this place. But they're not going to just pray that this situation is healed. They're going to pray for you, revelation of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. The gift of his peace. He says, this, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. This is powerful. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Sometimes we settle for second best and we settle for a life of chaos, depression, pain, anxiety. When we just need to step up into the Father's love. Step into who he's made us. Step into new authority and take authority over some of those things.